Board of Barrels getting uh, cosy here on the, uh, here at the Wall House. Um, the boys are sharing one mic because we've been uh, procrastinating. We're like, we have to buy more mics, and we've been talking about that for a long time, but no, it hasn't, hasn't quite eventuated, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, but it's, it's all worth it because we're here, with, uh, we're here with some special guests, and my back's already seizing up, so I'll <laughs> cross over to Grazzi. So uh, we're here with Barry and Jody on behalf of Murray Towns Brewery. How are you going, guys? Good boys. Yeah, Good, thank thanks. you. Thanks for, thanks having, for having us. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for coming. This is a real treat for us to be able to do. And thank you to Gav as well from the Wool House for facilitating the afternoon. Um, and we've got a nice little pot of a beer named Sue, which is the first Murray Towns offering. Which When did that come out? Uh, that was probably now eight months ago, Jody. Would it be... Out in the market, I would think we've done our yeah. fourth batch of that. So that's about four ton of yeah. Sue that's been yeah, right. out in the market now. So yep. um, I think it probably would have been more than that. I think it it'd be we're nearly getting close to a year. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, four ton of beer. <laughs> four ton <laughs> of Sue. Yeah. Of just Sue. Just Sue. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start off. How did it all come about? How did Murray Towns Brewing start? And how did a beer named Sue become the first? Yeah, uh, it, it all started in Jody's Chilkyard in South Albury. We um, probably through COVID, wasn't it, Jody? That was COVID. We, um, yeah. You know, Jody was been home brewing for a long time, and um, he just invited myself and Andrew, the other partner who's not with us today, uh, around just to try some of his beers and. Um, sit around the campfire if you like, try to replicate being in the great outdoors uh, in a chookyard, literally surrounded by chickens, Perfect. with a campfire, um, cooking up a storm as Jody does and then sampling his beers. Uh, for Andrew and I it was brilliant because we just got a free hit on beers every, <laughs> every Sunday evening and uh, you know we said to Jody right from the start, he said the actual beer is really good, like you know better than probably what you think. Yeah. You know, I think. Um, so it kind of progressed from there and we said, you know, it, it, to me it filled a hole in the market uh, in terms of its taste, like, you know, always looking for something more than the commercial brews, but sometimes crafts can be a little hoppy or a little bit over the top in terms of taste, but I think this filled a hole uh, that are really easy, sessionable type beers that yep. are easy drinking and we thought, well, why not bite the bullet? Aubrey Wodonga back then didn't have a craft brewery. I think there's a market for it. Let's hit the button and go. I'll, uh, I'll go off script already, but I'm excited to hear that it came from a homebrew, a homebrew situation because I've had a bunch of mates. Now, Hutto, I'm not talking about you. Yours was good. <laughs> but, like, oh, you want to come over and try my homebrew? And you're a bit worried. You're like, oh, geez. But by the sounds, you had an excellent experience. Hey, my beer used to be like that. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many homebrews do you reckon you did before uh, Beer Called Sue turned up? Well, I'm getting pretty ancient now, and I've been. Uh, I started home brewing probably in my late teens, so I just mucked around for years, not knowing what I was doing. Sometimes I'd find I'd create something that I thought, "Oh wow, this is really good," and um, because I didn't know the science behind it all, I would eventually stuff it up and and lose <laughs> lose my way and. And so, you know, every now and again I'd just lose track and I'd give up for a while and then I'd come back to it. But it's only in the last sort of five years or so and it's always interested me but uh, that I got into um, all grain brewing and, and 
and then decided I really wanted to start creating my own flavours and, and stuff. And um, so, yeah, basically I I don't really go trying to hit any specific style when, I, when I'm creating a beer. Well, sometimes I do. Like I've got an English mate and yeah. <laughs> he wanted a... You know, a classic English uh, bitter, so I eventually that's what the Ashes is. Yep. Um, and he's pretty happy with that, so <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> but generally I just, you know, try beers and then I, I think about the flavour profiles of those beers and then I think, oh, it would be good to have a beer with a bit of this and a bit of that and then I just start throwing some ideas together and and things develop. So I'm not a real, I guess... Not real technical in the way I set my uh, recipes up, but I think I get there in the end. Yeah, the results speak for themselves because after a few sips of this, it's the first time I've actually had a beer named Sue on tap. I've had the cans and this tastes so fresh and it's just it's a new beast when you can get it on the on the tap, I feel. Yeah. But yeah, it's actually it's cool to hear that um, almost you say you keep it quite simple with everything because there, there is a tendency these days to I mean the, the boys just went to Gab's last week and it's all experimental stuff and yep. we are always looking for crazy experimental beers and I said to you guys before we recorded something like the Ashes a, a simple English bitter is not something I usually look for and every each time I've had it it's been so enjoyable it's, it's yeah. almost it's finding something new in something that is simple which is fantastic yeah. and I think there's a huge market for that amongst all the hazies and all the sours and all the crazy stuff that we sort yeah. of see these days so yeah well, I've got to great. admit, I've sort of, I have tried a few of the crazy beers and, and most of them, you know, you'll have one, but you sort of think, oh yeah, that's interesting, but you sort of don't go back for more. Yep. Um, yep. Whereas something like the Ashes, it's sort of, it's that traditional English style where, you know, the punters go down to the pub and they drink it all afternoon and that's how it's designed, you know, it's about 4.5% alcohol, you know, it you know, it's, it's not too challenging in its flavours and, you know, and, you know, guys will just sit there and, and drink it all yeah, afternoon. Absolutely. And still leave in a reasonable state <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> um, so, with, so we are having a beer named Sue right now. Yeah. Um, now, we can come up with our own ideas about the, the flavour that we're getting. What exactly was the intention for a beer named Sue? If you could sell it to people who may not have had it before. The intention was to create a beer that had a reasonable amount of um, malt sort of flavour to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really like that fruity sort of, you know, those aromatics and the fruity flavours of, of those New World hops and everything. Yep. And, and that was my main inspiration for, for a beer named Sue. Yep. And... Um, yeah, when, when we were trying to think of a name, the name originally sort of came about because we thought that it had a, a strong character, but it still had a femininity, femininity to it. Yep. Um, and then, and then um, it star, we started you know, playing around with names and one of our marketing guys says, oh, how about we call it a beer named Sue? And then, you know, we thought, oh, yeah, and it's got to be pretty strong in the marketplace too. So, you know, it sort of went with the theme of the, you know, the Johnny Cash song as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's actually funny you mentioned that because uh, as I was writing out a couple of questions for you guys, I was referring to Sue 
as like a person in yeah. the question. So the actual <laughs> marketing itself, there's not many beers you can do that with um, yeah. unless people do name them after someone. But I wouldn't think there's a lot of core range beers in Australia I'm aware of that are named after a person necessarily either. So I think there's a cool cool marketing thing with that. But um, one thing, so we know we can get it, um, we're at the Wool House having it now. There's a few other local uh, establishments that do have it on tap. Yeah. Um, I found it at some local IGAs, uh, the Lane Cellars as well, which friends of ours, Chris over there. How far is the reach, though? Are we still only locally on the border? Yes. Or? Yeah. Uh, at, the, at this stage, we'll, we'll stay local. Um, we have had a little bit of interest. I've got some contacts in Melbourne that uh, can to put a little bit in. But at the moment, we just want to stay as local as we can and then build as we go. But that, that's probably going to be for later on when we're doing our own brewing. Um, so at, while we're contracting through Tumut, we probably s- uh, stick to the four styles and stay fairly local in terms of our reach. But, you know, we love the support we get. We have been getting from local uh, businesses. You know, Gav here at the Woolhouse is a great supporter of craft beers and, you know, he's jumped on board quite early. Uh, Lane Sellers, obviously, you know, Chris and Mel down there are so passionate about yeah. um, craft beers and independent wines and, you know, they do an amazing job to promote the industry itself. Um, yeah, on tap, Public House jumped on very early. Uh, Church Street's been a great supporter. Uh, Canvas um, has it on tap there now. Uh, Gav here at Woolhouse. So, you know, we really uh, are thankful that for that local support. And the feedback we get is that, you know, people, when they do visit, and we know from our own experience that people do seek a local brew. Yeah. Um, it's usually the freshest and, you know, probably the most enjoyable drink that you can have when you're out travelling. So, um, yeah, the demand uh, has been really strong. So, yeah, really thankful for the support. Yeah, well, it represents a region to a point. And we've had Beechworth Pale for so many years and it's great that it its reach has gone to every place in town as well. And it, we, we consider Beechworth to be local. It's not very far away. But having, I think, that the tagline that Aubrey's first... Um, artesian brew. Did artesian, I get that right? Artesian. What was it? No, artesian. Artisan. Yeah. Artisan. Yeah. Why yeah. do you guys let me do the talking? Uh, <laughs> you hand on the mic. Oh yeah. Well, that was my, my fault, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So I think there's a real pride in that as well. So. Yeah. And I think the artisan is important because, as Jody's explained, he doesn't necessarily go chasing a style of beer. It's kind of what he thinks works best in terms of how he puts it together, what you know profiles he's looking for. So usually. He, create a beer and they think well we need to pigeonhole it somewhere so let's call it this or, yeah. or that but it really comes down to how we balance those flavours I just a quick question before we move like not move on but I just with a beer named Sue so what are the hops involved and well I mean that's yeah. the main thing for us so there's obviously malt involved but that'd be way above our heads um, <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're getting to that stage where we're trying to get across hops a bit first yeah. and then, yep. then we'll get into the malts and all that sure. kind of stuff but what's in this one specifically so um this one we we went went for um i'm trying to think what what i did put in it now <laughs> we've, we've got mosaic in there uh and a bit of galaxy um obviously for the fruitiness but i didn't want it to have too much of that you know over the top fruitiness and I wanted to kill a little bit of that, maybe that cloyness that you know that you can get if there's too much. And so I, I chucked in a little bit of uh, Nelson Sauvin from oh, from yeah. New Zealand. Yep. Um, it's got a little bit of uh, I don't know, a, bit, a little bit of tartness or something to it that just sort of cuts through that uh, you know that really um, fruit sort of yep. 
tropical sort of. It's thing. very more Moorish, if you can say that about a beer. Obviously, sessionable might be more so the word, but you're right. Like if you get those beers that do have the, I suppose the fruit profile that is maybe a bit more heightened. You you have a few and you think, oh, I'm sort of done. Yeah. Now I'm not generally a. a a four or six pack purchaser of beer. I've purchased a few four packs of Sue because I know that I'm probably going to enjoy having one or two or three as opposed to just having a beer and being done. So I think that really lends itself to how you just described the intentions for it to be. And I know Galaxy on Mosaic, two of our favourite hops, that's for sure. So it definitely clarifies what we thought or confirms what we thought about the beer for sure. Oh, no, I just wanted to... Um, probably going back over what Grazi sort of said, this is the first time I've had it on tap. And, um, yeah, it's, it's excellent. Yeah. It really is. And having a bit of a smell and a bit of a taste, I'm glad you said mosaic because that, that would have been one of my guesses. But, like, I'm still yeah. like a throw a dart and see what hits kind of guy <laughs> as far as that. But, yeah, it's delicious. And as far as the branding, um, yeah, really, it's, it is different. It really is different. Like, you know, a beer called Sue. Like, there's not – normally it's a brand name, blah, 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 blah double dry hop something something ale like you know what I mean yeah. and I yeah. think it is yeah like it, it does create some intrigue I just think you've done a really good job the website's nice and clean and um, really cool too so uh, I'm just excited and I think um, since it's a local you know a local legend as well like people just get behind it like I'm behind it I'm excited I'm excited yeah. to see what, what you come up yeah. with next we really want to catch, capture that local feel you know it's in our logo really the two circles you know represent Albury Wodonga uh, with the river running in between, yeah. um, all our graphics in terms of the curves and the flow really try and represent our region and where we're from. So you know we're we're proud locals and um, we want the beer to represent that. So uh, yeah, we're in a great region. And we want to make sure everyone knows it. Yeah. Now the um, contract brewing—that's oh, the correct way of announcing that at Tumut River. Yeah. How does that partnership develop? Well. Um I guess it first started when I was I was exploring, you know, different malts and things like that and, and I I well we sort of made a decision that we wanted to keep everything as local as we can. So uh, we went out to Voyager and saw Stu out there and uh, you know, talked about their malts and then, you know, I said to him, Well, you know, we really wanna get some you know, beer out in the marketplace even before we've got our own brew house yep. just to, you know, get some branding done and that sort of thing. Who would do some contract brewing for us? And he says, oh, you could try Tim it, Tum it. So, so I gave Tim a ring and, yeah, he was, he was on board and he was amazing really because I was really <laughs> nervous about, <laughs> do, you know, converting my little... Grandfather, twenty-one litre, you know, <laughs> sample into a, you know, thousand-litre job. A big production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, oh my god, what if it tastes like crap? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Tim said to me, look, I've got an opportunity here that might work, and he was creating a um, a season beer for a festival. He said, you chuck me your recipe, and we'll make. That is a seasonal for um, for this festival. Won't cost you a cent. I'll chuck you a couple of uh, slabs, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what. That's how it got yeah. kicked off with Tim, and yeah, he's been great all along. It's been awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, we like we re- really like their beers. I think there's um almost a, a similarity with with you guys with them because any of their beers I have, 
it, it's like really nice, clean marketing. You know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And I say to these guys all the time, their um, West Coast IPA, I think it's one of the best examples of that style that you can get. And as I've said to you, yeah, you before, the English bitter is probably the best ex- one of the best examples I've had of that style of beer as well. So it's a cool, a cool little thing that you guys have that relationship and um, that'll. Pr- re- I mean, we'll ask more questions about um, having your own brew pub soon, but I'm sure that relationship will continue to develop. Where um, they've probably got your beers on tap at their brewery, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably a relationship you'd also like to continue as oh, well absolutely. in the future. Yeah. And I think one of the things that draws us to the craft industry is that spirit of collaboration. Yeah. yeah. And you know, most of the craft breweries that we talk to you know Nathan at King River and Mitter Brewing that they're all really supportive and really keen to you know support other local breweries especially startups like us so you know we really welcome and love the support they've been giving us and the encouragement they give us as well um, and you know down the fu- in the future and we certainly look to collaborate with those guys as much as we can yeah. We, we spoke to uh, Rhiannon from Bridge Road last week and we actually asked the question, we're like, how do these collabs come about? Because in a traditional business sense, you guys are, are competing. But she she mentioned, and it goes along with what you are saying, is that although you're kind of sharing a marketplace, the the ultimate goal is to grow craft beer, whether it's yours or yeah. theirs. or and yeah. yeah, and I think that's the intent, is that, you know, uh, I think everyone in that craft industry understands we still hold quite a small percentage of the market there's significant room for growth and I think everyone in the industry understands the importance of that gateway beer so that the those traditional beer drinkers that may not have tried a craft beer that first beer they try into that craft is really important so everyone's invested in the industry and wanting others to succeed because we know if someone goes and has a bridge road pale ale they're going to enjoy it or if they have a, one of Nathan's King River beers one of his pale ales that they'll enjoy it um, and that's really important. So that yeah. keeps growing the industry so that people aren't scared off by crafts, which can happen. So that spirit of collaboration, I think, and seeing other uh, breweries succeed is really important for, for all of us. So, yeah, I think that's a great asset of the market. I have a question just on that. Um, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, hand raised. Um, yeah, we were talking, you know, we were talking about that with Rihanna and I made the comparison with music, but I've, I've since thought about it. Um, sort of music there are a fair few collaborations and you know the craft beer industry seems like there's a lot of collaborations and like Adidas doesn't really collab with Nike so I'm just thinking do you think it's that's sort of a loaded question because this is I'm, I'm sort of thinking that um, since there's a lot of since it's craft there's a lot of art involved like art before business kind of thing it's like yeah you're all you know, trying to grow each other and really create exposure. Do you think it's because it's, you know, it's a bit of art before business yeah. sort of it's thing? It's passion. Yeah. I think it's yeah. passion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, it, any of those creative type industries really encourage other creatives. Mm. And I think, you know, we really get excited by what uh, other breweries are producing. And, you know, some of the festival beers I've had just recently um, have been amazing. And, you know, they continue to push boundaries and... You know, that's where the industry's going and, and you know, while we have a great stable of really um, drinkable beers, sessionable beers, there's also that element of let's see what else we can do and you know, certainly when we're in, yeah. in our own brew house that will kick in a little bit more as well. Um, on the on the festivals, um, you guys have been at a couple of the local festivals, I believe. Now, you're speaking about um, introducing like gateway beers, I 
I would have to think that there'd be a lot of people that will probably try new guys for the first time and maybe having their first proper craft beer at those festivals. Um, did you find that was the case and how was the feedback from people who maybe haven't tried anything beyond something sort of quite basic into, you know, trying something new? Look at a great example of that. We were at uh, a submarine festival in Holbrook um, and we were there with Tumut River um, and... You know, a lot, a lot of those uh, those farm boys up there, particularly, um, really set in their ways in terms of what they drink. You know, they, they won't sway from, you know, Melbourne Bitter, Carlton Draft, Great Northern. And, you know, when they were confronted at this festival with only two options, which was us or Tumut, you know, they kind of had to bite the bullet and take the jump into craft. And, you know, the feedback we got was uh, really, really encouraging because they said, well, this is actually quite good. I don't, I'm quite surprised, you know. I've always drank whatever I've always drank. And, you know, to try it, it goes, actually, and they were coming back for more. Yep. So, yeah, it was, and that, that's the importance of that gateway beer is, you know, those guys, now when they walk into a pub, they won't just look for Carlton Draft on tap. They might think, oh, I've had that before. I'll, I'll try that pale ale or I'll give that a crack because, you know, it's just, I, I guess, opening the experience to them. Yeah. Yeah, well, people like seeming like they're the ones to discover something. So if they've got mates that weren't there, yeah. they can be like, hey, you should try this. Like, I had it at this festival and they all of a sudden, yeah, they look like a pretty big deal, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah spot on. Now, um, before we jump into the, the big the big stuff, um, just give us a brief rundown. We've already spoken a little bit about the Ashes. Um, just want to give us a, a bit of an idea about um, the Ashes and the Smooth Operator Session Ale as well. Just you know, the history of those beers and maybe some interesting tidbits on malts or hops or anything people might like to know. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess as, as I said before with the... Um with the ashes, it was sort of trying to hit that uh, that English sort of session sort of beer, um, and and we you know once we got that, we thought well, we sort of need to fill that gap in our range that's you know like getting closer to a mid strength. So um, and you know people want a session of mid strength, so we sort of mimicked. The, uh, the ashes a little bit there, although it does have some fruitier hops in it than, than the ashes. Uh, but um, it's still got a, that similar sort of biscuity sort of flavour to it. And yeah. Um, but yeah, it was more just to try and cover that, you know, great northern drinker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and try and get them over. Um, yeah. Yep. No, oh. Hey, you're Oh, so I can't see the question list, unfortunately. Oh, that, it's still... And then you've got the smooth operator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, the smooth operator Oh, that well. is the smooth operator. That was oh, a, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually the smooth operator is the only, only beer I haven't tried from Murraytown. So, like, I've had ah, a few... Yeah. I've had a beer named Sewell Fairbit and the Ashes. Um, but, yeah, so... No, so what... What might be next? Are we? I know you guys have brought a few things for us, which is awesome. Um, but do, would you think that the the beers you have brought today might be something that would be the next thing that we see in cans it's or definitely something that you'll see in cans because it's going into production on uh, tuesday beautiful <laughs> and it's another it's it's named after another person as well <laughs> oh. well we know the mark the marketing's working so that's, that's a good idea <laughs> so um yeah and we can have a try of it um when you guys feel like it yeah it's uh well it's a, yeah it's a you red ale yep. a dark red ale um, and it's called Nagging Cell. Nice. <laughs> yep. Oh, We'd have to go 
too into that, but that yeah, we won't go into that too much because yeah, it's somebody <laughs> who is oh. quite close to me. And oh, <laughs> oh, here we go. So there's yeah, a bit more. of a scoop for you. That's, yeah, that's how cool. she's going to present. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we won't we won't show it yet, but no. geez, it, look, it looks good. I'll tell you what. I will say the one thing you mentioned. Who do you who do you have doing the the can design a big thing of our podcast is we love good can art and yes. good visual marketing so who's doing that side of the, the yeah, Murray we've, Towns we've stayed local with that as well so big agency uh, have been doing our branding uh, for us or with us um, and they've been you know really good to to work with um, you know they spend a lot of time uh, you know looking at what what works and you know we, we really um, wanted to uh, be fairly simple in the, in the messaging but also in the way the, the brand presents on the shelf a lot of craft beers can be quite busy um, you know I was always I was always drawn to Bolter and the yeah the very plain well not plain but sort of minimalist type less is more and yeah. you know it always stood out to me on the shelf um, so I think what they've done is that the, the beers work beautifully together on the shelf. They look great together as a family, and that's really important to have that brand across well, the family. One thing I noticed too, you see them all, you see one by one, and you think it's the same art, different colour. It's not quite. It's not quite. slightly different, yeah, which I really like as well. Yeah. So it's like the, yeah, I noticed the lines are in sort of slightly different spots on each can, so you, it makes you look twice when you see them all together. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and I guess it tries to reflect that little... That artisan approach to it is that everything's a little bit different, everything's not uniform, um, and you know even batch to patch, there's going to be nuances that will, will be different because it is effectively an artisan beer, um, and that's part of the charm of producing beer is that you do get those nuances and they can change over a batch and over over a different brew depending on conditions and uh, so yeah it's interesting. So we're pretty excited. We've got the big growler. It's pouring a very hazy coloured beer. This now, not the, um, this is not the next. This is no, this Golden is Mac. Yeah. So I may have overheard you before. We're starting with this just so we get the um, the flavours right yeah, in there. So I missed a lot of... What was the, the beer that we were just talking about? Oh, the, the Nagging Sal. Nagging Sal, sorry. It's a red ale, yes. Okay. So, which, so we, the which, the, which beer do we have here that we're going to taste test yeah. for the first time? This is a Golden Mac. Uh, this one Golden Mac. was originally um, one I really loved. Like, uh, it was probably uh, the clubhouse leader, I think, in terms of uh, what Jody was producing early on, um, and was, you know, destined to become one of our flagship beers uh, because it's just a beautiful drinking uh, ale. And you know, Jody uh, will expand on that. But yeah, I think it's just got beautiful mouthfeel. It just drinks. Really well. Well, we we've, we have we have like a five different points of a rating system, and we always say we should put smell test in there. I can tell you, yes. this, this is a five out of five a smell test straight away. <laughs> yeah. And we also love a beer that comes out as advertised. And from what we got a brief explanation before, but Jody, if you want to talk us through a little bit more in depth about this beer as well, because I get the feeling it's going to pass the as advertised test as well. <laughs> well, really, I I developed this beer for malt character and and I've really tried to develop some caramelly sort of you know quite sweet flavors in it um, there's a little bit of fruitiness there but not too much and I haven't really gone over the top with dry hopping or anything like that in fact I haven't done any dry hopping on that um, I, I've done a few whirlpool additions uh, or, and yeah not not too much in the way of hops at all 
Um, well, I would have to say, as advertised, it's almost it's almost a five because the the like it's del- what do you reckon, Grats? Like the, the it's really caramelly. It's it's almost desserty. It's delicious. So is the the ma- oh, I was just going to say give uh, give the the guys some context. If Simo's saying it's a five, it's a ten out of five. <laughs> Simo is very frugal with his five. So I don't, I, I don't know why. <laughs> so um, you're right. It does have that beautiful caramelly yeah. little bit of sweetness it's to funny it. Is it the sweetness? It, yeah, like we love f- freshness and like organic tasting beers as well. There's n- nothing tastes artificial about that sweetness because that can be a huge issue with beers mm. that you might say tastes sweet. It, it can either be too sweet or the sweetness can be enjoyable but a tad artificial tasting. We're not getting that with this at all. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, that sweetness is all developed through the the mashing process rather than any additions of you know whatever. Um, and just the selection of a few, you know, nice pale malts there, and yep. just some Vienna and um, Valoria, um, and just a you know reasonably high mashing temperature, and so yeah, that's how all those sort of caramelly flavours end up coming through in it. Um, but the reason it's not in the uh, main suite yet is because. It's got macadamias in it. <laughs> My next question was going to be, and I had a, a sneaky suspicion that might have been very, very expensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and I spend like all night shelling macadamias <laughs> just to do a twenty-litre batch, and and you don't even get that many macadamias. So, um, and then I roast them myself as well. So. When we come to make this commercially, we're going to have to we'll have a bit of work to do and figuring out how we're going to do it. Yeah. Find a good find a good deal. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and at least get like one of those nut crackers, yeah, so you're not right. hand doing it yourself. <laughs> cracker mac. Yeah, uh, I've got a, ma- a mac cracker. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Good stuff. You might have to have two of them, one in each hand. Um, but yeah, this is absolutely absolutely delicious. Again, about the marketing. Like, you walk in, you're like, ah, oh, give us a sue. Give us a Mac. Like, I, I like that kind of thing. I think that'll, that'll catch on for sure. Um, absolutely delicious. Um, shall we break some news? Breaking news. It's a Border Barrels exclusive here. The guys were talking. We've alluded to it a couple of times about, you know, what the next steps are for the business and what you're expanding into. Would you like to tell us? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, Love to be able to tell everybody that we have just signed a lease and we're going into the space at the Lincoln. Uh, it's kind of a, a full circle for that place. It originally started its life as a brewery and hopefully it's going to finish its life as a brewery because, uh, yeah, we've got a nice space out there which we can build a, bu- a beautiful brew house, have our own tap room, outdoor area. Uh, so that's, yeah, signed, sealed and delivered. Uh, our brew house system has been designed. Uh, Brutique have done that for us and um, that's been ordered so that's all underway Um, so yeah we've got a lot of works to do down there obviously but yeah we're really hopeful touch wood and everything going right that we will be serving beers there before Christmas that's the wish that's the aim Uh, so yeah it's uh, it's been a a long process to get to that point Uh, there's a lot of uh, hurdles a lot of regulations that you've got to tick off um, before you can actually even get to the point of, you know, having a site. But um, thankfully the boys down there, you know, Cal and Dan, we know 
how good they've been at the Good Shed um, and they're doing a similar job at the Lincoln in terms of how they present the place. Um, they're getting people down there now. Um, and, yeah, we're really excited by, um, yeah, jumping into it and making our own beer. Activating that Lincoln Causeway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, you know... Um, we all know the history of that place. It did start life as a brewery, and there's been some incarnations in there that probably haven't worked. But we, uh, you know, we're really confident that uh, the Lincoln is doing a, a great job to bring people down there. Wodonga Council are really keen to activate that space. We know what the drawing power of a good operating brewery is in terms of um, not only a local attraction but bringing people in from outside. And you know, we think there's massive opportunity. In developing the industry here in Albury, um, we know that um, Thirsty Devil have opened, uh, we know that Black Range are coming uh, and we'd really love to see a good group of breweries right here in Albury. Um, and then, you know, the, we've also got the great breweries in the regions as well, like there's no reason why you couldn't come to Albury and spend four or five days on a brewery tour, you yeah, know, absolutely. three breweries here, then go out to Bridge Road or go out to Midder or go out to King River or go up to Thirsty Crow, you know, there's a real opportunity to create a, a really good craft beer industry hub right here. Yeah. Now, will it be part of the existing building at the Lincoln or is there gonna, are they doing an add-on or is it just... Uh, the building yep. is existing, so at the moment that the space is vacant, um, yep. so we've signed a sublease for if you can imagine the Lincoln where you drive in on the on the right hand side as you drive in. It used to be a cheese room going back, yep. way back, so it has its own space available that we can have our own tap room, uh, and then the brew house will be in behind that as well. Um, you know, Cal and Dan have been great in terms of how we've managed the process um, you know we'll, we'll be able to use their kitchen to have our food offer which you know solves a massive problem for us because you know if you set up in a commercial space somewhere else and have to deal with setting up a kitchen there's a whole another lot of uh, hoops to jump through just to get the regulations on board to do food uh, as well so it solves some massive problems for us um, in terms of planning it ticks all the boxes so that's a straightforward process for us so yeah it's um and was that job. you approaching them or was that yeah yeah, yeah yeah we yeah. thought um initially that it would be a good fit uh that you know the space lended itself to the brewery obviously because of its history uh, and just the fact that, you know, to work with those guys as well, uh, to collaborate with them, um, and they also appreciate the fact that, you know, they understand what a brewery will do to help bring people to that area as well. So I think it's a win for both of us, and I think, yeah, can't wait to get into it. I was, I was going to ask about the kitchen for when you first mentioned it. I thought, oh, so you go you can go for a beer but then the food would be attached to the Lincoln so it would be your own yeah. food kit so how do you go about that in regards to do you guys have an idea of food you'd like to you, know, you have a chef on board already or someone yeah, that can no, develop we'll, a menu we'll, we'll work with Alex at the good sh uh, at good shed well good shed and also the Lincoln to develop a menu for us we want it to be a unique menu to us so it'll be it'll be different but complementary to the Lincoln if you like but you know we're sort of more interested in having uh, you know, almost that single-handed food offer so that you can have a beer and have, you know, something you can just grab. Something and that you can pair with the beer too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So sharing and pairing, if you like, um, is what we'll be about. But, yeah, uh, just a nice, simple, not, well, not so much simple, but a really good food offer that matches our beers and 
We need more degustation nights on the board. I'm just going to put that out there for you guys to think about because I love a good degustation and I don't see them enough. Yeah, well, a degustation with beer, beer matching, uh, I think, yeah, it's got a lot of legs. Uh, yeah, who doesn't love, you know, nine courses with nine different beers? It, it's like, it's so underrated and I haven't seen one around for a little while. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Absolutely. And I think the. The only problem I foresee with this is it's a pretty big car park already, but you might need to double it because uh, <laughs> I reckon there's going to be a few people going down there. And um, shout out to Dan. He's a, a, the craft beer father, you know, <laughs> sort of brought here a while back. And um, uh, it turns out he's not just uh, not just a pretty face. He's, he's good with business as well and, you know, runs runs a, runs it really well. And it's, again, that collaboration, like, that's uh, – it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really good. Now the um, we we glossed over it. We will cut back to the brew pub because there's probably more things we want to know about that um, on the max. So we didn't ask the um, ABV or the percentage of the. Yeah, she's getting up there a little bit. Uh, about five point between five point three and five point four is what yep. I've calculated. Yeah, <laughs> out of the grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you you want to be a bit careful, but yeah, um, no. Well, it's it's quite a full tasting beer, not in a boozy way, but mm. you could definitely tell it's not anything under. I was gonna, it wasn't under five. I knew it wasn't <laughs> going to be under five, but yeah. Um, now with the you mentioned was it Brutech? Brutech, uh, yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Brutech. I was unfamiliar with them, so they help set up uh, yes. spaces, do they? So they they do brewery design. They've probably done fifty to sixty brew breweries around Australia That's at the moment. Awesome. So. Uh, and Gavin, uh, he has his own brewery in Sydney as well. So um, uh, he's in Alexandria in that area, in, right in amongst it. So, um, you know, he understands the industry really well, uh, really invested. Um, and, you know, the, the guys they've got working for them, um, you know, Neil, who works with them, uh, they've just done a, actually a brewery set up in uh, Mount Beauty. Yes, yep. Uh, so they, Did they do Crank Handle or was yes. it... Mountain yeah, Monk. Mountain oh, Monk. Monk, sorry. Yes. So, yeah, it's yeah. funny, when, when you guys are mentioning the Lincoln uh, and you being sort of part of the Lincoln setup, I believe uh, Mountain Monk's also something similar. Are they part of the West Peak Hotel or something? Or yeah. they got their own separate... I think so. I think uh, we, we're going to need to get up there and visit them because the, the brew system they've got is basically similar to the one yep. we're, we're putting in. Um, but, you know, Brutique have been very good um, in terms of not only... They, they just don't supply the, the product. They really invested in making sure that there's no hiccups and that they get involved with the, brew, the first few brew processes as well. So yeah, that that's awesome. Everything runs smoothly. Um, so, yeah, they've been so far uh, great to deal with. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good partnership so far. Yep. And, yeah, we think they've um, got a lot to offer. Yep, that's so exciting. And as you mentioned as well... We have Thirsty Devil here, Black Range. I know, like, I think you guys were still the first ones locally that I saw <laughs> anywhere, which was yeah. super exciting. Uh, it's just, it's great for us having been craft beer drinkers for a while and loving a trip to Melbourne or going to Beechworth, but having it on our, on our doorstep and having the option now for more places in town. Um, and I think, so we... I had a work Christmas party here at the Wool House last year and you've just mentioned trying to open before Christmas. I did tell Gav we might bring the Christmas party back here but we won't tell him unless he <laughs> listens. We might. If you open before Christmas, I reckon the Christmas party may have to move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we'd be happy to have you. But, yeah. um, you know, I think the good thing is that uh, you know, even if you uh, go around to some of the restaurants and pubs in town now that the, you know, the, 
I guess trailblazers like the Good Shed and even Gav here at Woolhouse, who are great crafts um, supporters, you know, you're just start, starting to see that translate into the, I guess, the more um, traditional pubs in town where they understand that there is an appetite for craft beers now and the more guys like this um, continue to promote, the better it is for the industry. Yep. So while we, while we finish off the delicious Mac, um, from a more personal perspective with both you guys, what would you say your journey to enjoying beers that you like, where, where did it come from? So we talked about the, um, the boys from Holbrook at the <laughs> Submarine Festival that are trying something for the first time, but what, what was your own personal journeys to get to where we are today with the beers that you enjoy and now make? Uh, from my perspective, you know, I, I grew up and, you know, VB and Carlton Draft were it. Like, you know, there was no, and being from Melbourne, you know, there was this great divide where, you know, you go to New South Wales and they're drinking twoies or something and it's like, what is that all about? Um, and, you know... Oh, Queensland was tough before Bolter <laughs> came about. It was right. like, oh, yeah, they got 4X. Uh, what yeah, else did they get? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I suppose my journey was a little bit similar to a lot of people is that, you know, I was looking for something else a little bit different. So then, you know, you just try a Corona with lemon and then, you know, that's a beer that starts you on a little bit of a journey to say, well, what else is out there? What else can I try? Um, and it's just, yeah, a matter of really looking or seeking those beers that are different pl- uh, flavour profiles. And, you know, I kind of I kind of look back, or I look on this, you know, that whole Canadian club thing about, you know, sick of beer, try Canadian club. Yep. And I, I kind of think now, you know, the, the catch cry should be, if you're sick of beer, actually try beer. Yeah. Like, you know, try real beers, try craft beers where you've got a whole world of flavour profiles to try. There's a whole and a whole gamut of, you know, different flavours that you can actually try in craft beers. So just don't stick with the beer you've always had. Yep. I think um, the second exclusive on the pod was the next tagline for Murray Towns. Sick of beer, <laughs> try <laughs> beer. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. it's a great message. He's that, pe- you know, passionate, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's a great message. Is that yeah, that's so much available in the industry. Let's 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 try it. Let's support some of these beautiful craft beers. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Jody? Well, um, I get, I'm a Kiwi uh, originally, and when I moved over here from drinking Kiwi beer, Australian beer is very different, um, and I just didn't like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And uh, so I started just brewing my own quite basic beers, but, you know, it was, it was better than drinking the mainstream beers, you know, f- from here. And then, you know, after doing that for a few years, and I got into mountain biking and I used to go out to, um, out to Beechworth and mountain bike out there, and then we used to finish off at the... Bridge Road Brewery and and Bridge Road Brewery really introduced me to craft. Yep. Because, you know, you know, we went there. We we'd start looking at the beers and we'd say, oh, what's this one? And and you'd get a description of the flavours and everything. And then you'd go away and you'd try it. And you'd, wow, yeah, I can taste that, and that's amazing, you know. And that's what really kicked me off. Um, and and yeah, that that's what inspired Sue as well yeah. to you know try and do something like Bridge Road and uh, yeah um, for you being a Kiwi so did you start off with Tui Tui the go to over there uh, no it was DB okay there you <laughs> DB go DB draft yeah right oh, there you yeah. go because yeah I'm, like Tui's pretty good I reckon 
Yeah, I, yeah, quite, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. And Spates. Yeah, Spates is yeah, good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, nah, excellent. No, that was just, I thought it interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's cool that that's a, a different backstory to most people, whereas part of your taste profile journey was making it yourself. Well, we haven't spoken to anyone who's had that. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's actually really cool. Um, and we're learning more about hops. Do you think that part of enjoying the New Zealand beers more than the Australian ones might come down to just the, the different hop varieties available? Or was there new understanding a bit more about beer from a technical standpoint? Is there something in regards to maybe how they make it that made you prefer? Ones I don't know. I think country? it was just... I think it was just what people liked over there and what they got used to. And I guess it's two different markets. They did, they were separate. And, you know, when you've got, you know, one separate market, things develop differently to, you know, something over here that's, you know, uh, and in different climates as well. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's true. So, you know, the beers over here were very crisp and clean. And, you know, over there they were more malty and, yeah. So... If, I'm, if we could steal something from New Zealand beers, it would be 12 packs available at the supermarket <laughs> next to the cheese. Because when I was there, I loved that. Just If you were just there, any part of the supermarket on an end, there'd just be like an impulse, like, like Monteith's 12 packs, all of them. It's like, yeah. this is great. How awesome is this just for Absolutely. like accessibility? It's fantastic. Oh, keep an eye out for the brew house when we get it up. <laughs> Twelve packs, nice. Impulse and just for you. Yeah. Uh, so before before we get into um, trying the uh, the next beer, which of course the, the generosity, yeah, it's a good idea. The generosity, fantastic from you guys. Um, Simon, you got any more sort of little fun questions? You always like to ch- chuck a couple in. Oh yeah, I suppose um, nothing to be worried about here, boys. It's all right. <laughs> um, so I'm just wondering. Oh, geez. Oh, there we go. Um, other than Murray Towns, what's in your fridge currently? <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've got some staples. Um, Mountain Culture is one. Um, you know, th- even before they won Gabs, you know, I really love their status quo. Yeah. I think it's a, just a brilliant beer. Yep. I always love crankshafts uh, as well. So yep. always kind of they're my staples and they're my go-tos. Yep. And then I love to just try different beers, you know, um... At the moment, I'd have uh, in the fridge King Rivers Red IPA, uh, which I love. Uh, That's a fantastic beer. It's a beautiful yeah. beer. It's such a done it's such a good job with that. Uh, it's just a beautiful beer, and I, I keep going back to it. Um, I've got uh, also one of his Maybons as well, uh, which I really enjoy. Um, Mitter, I've got the Velvet Revolution, I think, and. Um, Another one of theirs as well. I think the Maybach from them as well. Um, so that's probably in my fridge at the moment. And yeah, my and my my Rocky Ridge uh, 24-hour boil 16 percent which I'm reluctant to <laughs> open wine. just yet. Yeah, but Save yeah, barley wine exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's probably my fridge at the moment. And yeah, I've got to temper it because you know. I'm always getting into trouble with the, the better half about how much beer is actually in the fridge. So. Yeah, I was about to say it must be a separate separate thing. Separate that's, a, that's a pretty good fridge. Tell yeah, you what. A good fridge. Yeah, that's awesome. What about yourself? I've got bugger all in my fridge <laughs> at the moment other than kegs cold crashing. And <laughs> oh, there you go. How good. But uh, I've got a, yeah, I've got a Borellin Gold Nail there, um, which is from out uh, around 
the uh, Witten area. Okay, yeah, that, right. That's uh, something that's made from Voyager hop, uh, yep. Voyager malts. Yep. Um, I've just finished a few uh, English sort of pails that I, I got from uh, First Choice there, just to see, you know, what sort of flavours they w- they were presenting. Uh, into those sort of caramelly toffee sort of things that I seem to like. Yep. Um, and I've just come back from uh, South Africa not that long ago and I was just super impressed with the craft beer over yeah, there. Yeah, right. Amazing. And it's really inspired me to try and, you know, recreate some of that. Um, what do you think the main differences were? Can you call out any that you were like, oh, it's definitely well, more fruity, less fruity, more malty, that sort of thing? They, they were quite well balanced. There was nothing that was really super, you know, hoppy and fruity. They, they just, yeah, had good balance. They were, there was a range, they were, they were mainly European style beers because they bring in their brewers from, uh, from Europe. Um, and yeah, they just were so good and they were all, I love a crystal clear beer and I know that's not what we're drinking here now, it's a bit hazy, but that's because at home I don't use any, uh, any finings. There's no nothing filtering anything. Yep. Or it just uh, over time it'll settle out, and eventually that that will be a nice crystal clear beer. But it's only a couple of weeks old at this stage, so be interesting to see how it develops. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna hate this, but like, don't change a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose um, just on that, like, yeah, it is a little bit hazy, but it doesn't necessarily taste hazy. It tastes no, clean, no. And clean and crisp, and yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if it might be uh, the macadamias in there adding yeah, a bit smooth. more of, um, protein and stuff in there that's yeah. just suspended in the. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that'll drop out. Yeah, you know, over time and. Yeah, it'll be interesting to taste the next iteration, like when it's when it's on tap or in a can, just to see what the yeah. difference actually is. Yeah, very good, good stuff. Yeah, sorry to make you do more work, but um, <laughs> if you want, if you, you want to like grab it? the next yes. one, and we might have a bit of a taste test, and we'll sure. uh, we'll finish off with what will be the next addition to the core range. Which yeah, is the next very exciting. Cell. The next one, yeah. Now I'll just let you know, Grazzi, I Without asking him, he loves anything red. <laughs> so he's, he's pretty excited. That's why you and I are friends. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Well, this doesn't present, doesn't present how I want it to at the moment. Uh, like, it's only uh, about a week older than, than the, um, the Golden Max, so it hasn't cleared up yet either. Yep, that's all right. Um, but, uh, and it's quite dark for, for a red. Well, it's funny, Simon, you say that, and that's, I think, part of why I really enjoyed the Ashes English bitter from these guys is you get that malty sort of biscuity flavouring that if you think, oh, well, any bitter you may have had, you wouldn't associate with that sort of malt backbone. And that's the really enjoyable part of it. And that's why, yeah, I don't want I finished my can. I was going for dinner afterwards, and I thought... And I know this will happen in time, but uh, I thought, gee, it'd be nice if where I'm going had this in cans or on tap for me to have a few more. So, yeah. Yeah. Really um, had such good feedback about the English bitter. Uh, you know, it's just a beautiful drinking beer. And, you know, we had a little talk a little bit before about how the, the, 
the flavour profile actually changes over temperature. So it's a beautiful drink at three degrees, like a beautiful summer beer even at three degrees. But as it warms up and as you get more towards about 10 degrees, those malt flavours really come forward a little bit more. Oh, it's really so cool it's that you've just given a drink. number on that because yeah. we... Oh, well, we spoke off air about this as well, but um, chatting with Simo, especially like on, on his beer journey, I, the, the changeover from trying to drink a cold stout and len, then letting it breathe a little bit in the open air and then knowing Simon not necessarily always being the biggest fan of big, heavy red IPAs necessarily. Yep. And then myself enjoying one once and saying, oh, once it warms up a little bit, the whole flavour profile completely changes. So it's really cool to hear it sort of like you, you having numbers of like three degrees to 10 degrees. Like I've never heard it quantified like that. So it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and I think it's something that you know, we don't in Australia really think about too much. We think cold beer's got to be cold and uh, that's the only way to drink beer. But All beer's got to be cold. Yeah. And <laughs> it, um, it's just interesting that the, especially those the darker beers really respond well to a change in temperature. Um, and yeah, having that little bit of difference in temperature can make um, yeah, a difference and make it a more enjoyable experience because, you know, what you're drinking at three degrees can be different at a higher temperature, which is, yeah, I think really worth thinking about. Well, with... Sorry, this is silly. With an understanding of that, is your tomato sauce in the fridge or in the pantry? <laughs> well, I, I've got two answers to that. I've, I've got a homemade uh, tomato sauce that's in the fridge and a, a Master Foods one that lives in the pantry. Oh, so I don't know if that covers both, but um, yeah, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get painted into that argument. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll go we'll start going into Vegemite <laughs> and then peanut right. butter. Um, the the lingering mouthfeel and taste of this after the initial sip it goes on and on and on it's fantastic and it almost changes after you've sort of the beer's gone down that's so what what percentage is this sitting at as well five it is just a five it, yeah. it doesn't taste like anything really really strong no yeah it, but it, like the actual flavor itself is not the not the beer well, when you start sense. adding those darker um darker malts they have lower attenuation so they don't create as much uh fermentable sugar so you know if you're keeping the same size malt bill then you know generally the alcohol content sort of drops a little bit with it yeah the the malt on this uh, towards the end uh, this is going to be a fan favorite i think i can just say that very comfortably yeah, right nice. now i think people will really enjoy what you get from this after the initial sip and that's that's the best thing about craft beer as well um the it, perceptions changed over the course of a sip of a beer and it certainly did with this because the the first sip of this a nice red ale and then towards the end it's just uh, this biscuity malt that just continues to go it's really are you find it guys finding that as well yeah for sure yeah. Uh, what was had, had was that before? No, i've forgotten zach started talking and i forgot <laughs> uh, normally, yeah it's standard <laughs> i am sitting uh, in the middle uh, i've got one it's just occurred to me so these are new ones. These are sort of uh, not experimental, but developmental. Yeah. Were these... So these last two, were they technically home brews by yeah. definition? That's, yeah. that's insane. <laughs> that, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, no, yours was good. <laughs> I, I, yours was good. It did have... Uh, I did have a fair bit of orange in there, but it was good. Um, yeah, well, I just had the best... No offence, hard, but I just had the best two home brews I've ever had. Jeez, you, you definitely knew he was onto something. Yeah, this is what he was bringing out. I think that was the thing that drove me particularly is to push this along. Is and, you know, I think Jody kind of underestimated his own talent in terms of producing yeah. beers. And I think you know he used to 
bring out beers and say, oh, this is this type of beer, uh, you know, it's probably not very good, but it actually is really good. And yeah. Even beers that he thinks probably don't hit the mark are still really drinkable, like really good beers. So I think he has a great understanding of how flavours work together and how to build a beautiful beer. So, yeah, it's great. Just on that now, just that I've had that revelation and I'm just... I'm, I'm stuck on it. It's You're absolutely on amazing. <laughs> I'm on a roll. So how do you go from, like, you know, you've got the home brew. Is there much – there would be a massive difference, but are there things to consider when you go from, like, a small batch to, like, a, you know, commercial batch sort of thing? Is there anything that changes? Well, to be honest with you, I create the 20-litre batch um, and then I give that, that basic recipe to, uh, to Tim at Tumit. And he's got some software and he just scales it all up. Yep. So, uh, so when, yeah, it won't be exactly the same. Obviously, it's, you know, nothing's going to transfer over perfectly to, uh, you know, a large batch, but uh, it, it'll, it'll be close and, and it's probably something that we'll work on as well. Um, so, it'll be great when we get our own equipment and we can get these recipes nailed down to our equipment and then get that consistency happening how we want it. Yeah. You know, if we, we, we might want to tweak it a little bit after the first one, but once we've nailed it, hopefully it's just going to all just come yeah. together. And Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, it hasn't happened much. I'm not much of a baker, but I'll bake a cake and I'll be like, oh, that was really good. I'll bake one for mum. I'll just double the recipe and it doesn't necessarily yeah. end up that way. So, yeah, I was interested. That, that's cool. Uh, that was going to be my question was like if you're doing 20 litres and then you're going up to 1,000, is it just a matter of timesing everything by 50? But it's not. It's not really, it's, yeah. no, because things react differently in larger volumes and, you know, and the equipment is way different, you know. Um, so, but yeah, just the, the mashing and all that sort of thing, it's just, yeah. Got to spend yeah. a lot of money on a macadamia. There's a lot of chemistry <laughs> in there that's wow. going to happen differently just because of the, you know, the conditions. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so with the uh, the future plans for the um, the venue inside the Lincoln, should we be expecting the three beers you have out plus the two we've enjoyed today? Is there a certain amount of taps that you have? Would there be Tumut River potentially? Yes. Or? So we're really keen to promote other breweries as well. We'd love to have um, taps available for um, Tumut, King River, Mitter, awesome. um, Thirsty Crow, whoever it might be. We'd love to really uh, promote the industry. So it's not just a matter of our beers, but we want to make sure that everyone knows that there's other great craft breweries around. Yep. Uh, so we want to make sure that yeah we showcase... Uh, the industry, not only our own beers, but um, yeah, if we're going to sure. succeed. The whole industry needs to yeah. succeed. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're really the collaboration and craft brewery. Yeah, conscious of that. On a lighter note of that, if you do happen to take requests for that extra tap, the uh, Thirsty Crow Vanilla Milk Stout, I'll walk in with my yeah. paycheck every week and just hand it over <laughs> yeah. and just keep going until I'm, until I'm out. I know, he's done such an amazing <laughs> job with that beer particularly. Like yeah. He makes great beer, but that, that stout is uh, a killer. Like It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and Craig, if you're watching, mate, we're, we're coming for you. <laughs> we're coming for you. I'm a Wagga boy originally, so yeah. Was, yeah, that would probably be my first um, brewer experience. I'm like, because I was the same as you I had a bit of a chuckle to myself over here you walk in and on tap is you know VB 4X 2 is old 
and something else. And when Carlton Dry came along, it's like, whoo, what's this? Yeah. But then the brewery opened in town and I was drinking. It's like, what's a Kolsch? I don't know what a Kolsch is. And then this vanilla milk stout. Oh, goodness me. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, delicious. It's, it's a ripper. And, you know, Craig's a great guy. And, you know, we're, I've only really uh, communicated with uh, Craig over email and we're hopefully getting together in the next couple of weeks just to talk about the industry and talk about how we can operate here and he can operate there and you know get some synergy about how we you know build the industry together which would be exciting um well this has been fantastic so as we're winding up and enjoying this beautiful nagging cell so look out for that everybody um is there anything else just about murray towns in general or just you guys existing in the local area or just goals you might have for the future i mean obviously the the upcoming Brew pub signing a lease is fantastic, but any more personal goals potentially? For uh, I, th- I think for us, it's um, you know we're kind of really invested in community, so we want to make sure that the brewery is part of a, a really strong community. We want to support other local initiatives, um, you know, really to be seen as a stand-up member of the community. We want the brewery to be a bit of a beacon in that that sense. I, I guess is that we want to be be known to be supportive um, and really. I guess leverage our our business to promote the region. You know, we love the region. Um, you know, we think it's probably one of Australia's best kept secrets. And you know, if we can play our part in promoting the region, bringing people here, uh, you know, that's what excites me. It's you know, it's you know, number one rated town in Australia now. So yeah, uh, it's going to start happening more, and you guys will be there yeah, when more people start showing up. Yeah, exactly. I think we've got so much to offer here as a as a region that you know, and and Albury itself can be a great springboard into the region around us but you know to have a, a a good offer here and be part of the community you know is you know what excites me and i think you know um yeah it's going to be a great adventure for us and, and a lot of money and a lot of some kids <laughs> down the murray river as well and all the way yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, very good well, am I do- I'll do the sign-out, I guess. Yeah, no, very good. So, yeah, thanks to the guys from Murray Towns. We've had a really good time. It just ticked over an hour there, boys. So I hope, hope time flies because you're having fun. Uh, but, yeah, here at the Wall House, thanks to Gav. Um, if you want craft beer in the region, um, there's a number of places to go to. But, yeah, Good Shed, Wall House um, and that sort of thing. The Lincoln and Lincoln. Murray Yeah, and Murray Towns uh, is coming soon. Um, yeah, I'm... I'd, yeah, a really good time, guys. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Um, and, yeah, for the for the great beers. <laughs> the best homebrew I've ever had. <laughs> Goodness me. Very talented. That's yeah. excellent. Uh, thanks, boys, and thanks for your um, podcast. You know, listening to it. And um, it's great that you're another, I guess, string to the bow of um, promoting craft beer in the industry. And, you know, we love the Wool House and Good Shed and Lane Sellers, all those guys that are really invested in the industry. Um, Onward and upwards. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Catch you later. Thank you.